Book Two, Chapter Seven of the Mystical City of God, Volume Three, by the Venerable Sister Mary of Jesus of Agreda. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book Two, Chapter Seven, the Sacramental Mystery preceding the Triumphal Entry of Christ into Jerusalem, how he entered into the city and how he was received by its inhabitants among the works of god which because they are performed outside his own essence are called odd extra the greatest was that of assuming flesh suffering and dying for the salvation of men this sacrament human wisdom could never have perceived if its author had not demonstrated it to us by so many proofs and testimonies in spite of all these proofs many who are wise only according to the flesh find it difficult to believe that which is so much to their own salvation and benefit others though they believe it do not believe all the circumstances connected with it but the true catholics believe and confess this sacrament such as the holy church proposes it to them by explicitly professing our faith in the mysteries thus revealed we at the same time expressly profess our faith in the mysteries which are thereunder included and which it was not necessary to define more particularly because they are not especially necessary for salvation some of these god reserves for their proper time while others will be reserved for the last day when all of them shall be manifest to men in the presence of the just judge first letter to the corinthians chapter four verse five the intention of the lord commanding me to write this history as i have often said and yet oftener understood was to manifest many of these hidden mysteries without admixture of mere human opinion and conjecture many of them i have therefore recorded just as they have been made known to me while i am aware at the same time that many other wonderful and venerable sacraments will still remain hidden toward these mysteries i wish to prepare the pious faith of catholics to believe what is accessory should not be hard for those who believe the principal mysteries of the catholic faith for upon these principal mysteries of the faith rests all that i have written and all that i shall yet write especially in regard to the passion of our redeemer on the sabbath following the anointment of magdalene in bethany and after the banquet mentioned in the preceding chapter our divine master sought retirement the most blessed mother leaving judas to his hard-heartedness betook herself to her divine son and as was her wont joined him in his prayers and sacred exercises our lord was now about to enter upon the greatest conflict in his career as man having as david says psalm eighteen verse seven reached out from highest heaven in order to engage in this battle and by it to vanquish the demon sin and death as this most obedient of sons accepted freely the torments of the cross he now at their approach offered himself anew to the eternal father prostrate with his face touching the ground he confessed him and adored him with deepest resignation beseeching him to accept the insults and pains ignominies and death of the cross for his own glory and for the rescue of the human race the most blessed mother had retired to one side of the oratory accompanying her beloved son and lord in his prayers and shedding with him tears of inmost affection on this occasion before the hour of midnight the eternal father and the holy ghost appeared in visible form with multitudes of angels as witnesses 
the eternal father accepted the sacrifice of christ his most blessed son and formally consented that the rigor of his justice should be satisfied upon his person for the pardon of the world then the eternal father addressing the blessed mother herself said mary our daughter and spouse i desire that thou now again ratify this sacrifice of thy son since i on my part am willing to deliver him up for the redemption of man and the humble and sincerest dove replied behold o lord i am but dust and ashes unworthy that thy only begotten and the redeemer of the world should also be my son but i hold myself entirely subject to thy ineffable condescension which has given him being in my womb and i offer him and myself entirely as a sacrifice to thy divine pleasure i beseech thee o lord god and father to permit me to suffer with thy and my son the eternal father received this subjection of most holy mary as a pleasing sacrifice raising up from the ground both the son and the mother he said this is the fruit of the blessed earth which i have desired immediately thereupon he exalted the humanity of christ to the throne of his majesty and placed him on his right hand equal in authority and preeminence with himself the blessed mother remained in the place where she was but entirely transformed and exalted in wonderful splendor and jubilee of soul on seeing her only begotten seated at the right hand of the eternal father she pronounced those first words of the one hundred and ninth psalm in which david had mysteriously prophesied this event the lord said unto my lord sit thou at my right hand expatiating upon these words the heavenly queen composed a mysterious hymn of praise in honor of the eternal father and of the incarnate word when she had finished the father added all the rest of the psalm decreeing then and there by his immutable will that all the import of these mysterious and profound words should now be executed and fulfilled it is very difficult for me to mould into the inadequate words which are within my power the intelligence which was given me of this high mystery but i will make an attempt to do so as far as the lord will empower me let something of this hidden and wonderful sacrament and of that which most holy mary and the angelic spirits understood be felt also by ourselves the eternal father then proceeded and said until i make thy enemies thy footstool since thou hast humiliated thyself in accordance with my eternal will thou hast merited that thou be exalted above all creatures and that in the very nature of man which thou hast received from me thou reign at my right hand for ever and ever without end for all eternity i place thy enemies under thy feet and dominion subject to thy humanity as their god and redeemer so that those who will not obey thee or acknowledge thee shall see thy humanity exalted and glorified although i do not put this decree into full execution until the redemption of man shall have been accomplished i desire that even now my courtiers shall witness what both the demons and mankind shall see afterwards i place thee in possession at my right hand at the very moment in which thou hast humiliated thyself to the ignominious death of the cross if i now deliver thee over to thy enemies and to the workings of their malice it is done for my glory and good pleasure and in order that afterwards they may be placed beneath thy feet to their entire confusion 
the Lord will send forth the scepter of thy power out of Sion. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. For I, the omnipotent God, who am he that is, truly and indeed, control and send forth the invincible scepter of my power, so that afterwards, when thou shalt have triumphed over death by completing the redemption of the human race, they may recognize thee as their saviour, their guide, their leader, and as the Lord of all. But I desire even now, before thou sufferest death, and at the very moment when men are plotting thy ruin in their contempt of thee, that thou triumph in a wonderful manner. I ordain that thou triumph both over their malice and over their death, and that by the very power of thy virtue they be compelled to honor thee, confess thee, adore and worship thee of their own free will, that the demons be vanquished and confounded by the strength of thy own virtue, that the prophets and the just, who are waiting for thee in limbo, together with my heavenly spirits, recognize thy wonderful exaltation according to my good will and pleasure. With thee is the principality in the day of thy strength, in the brightness of the saints, from the womb before the day-star I begot thee. On the day of thy strength and power, by which thou triumphest over thy enemies, I am in thee and with thee as the beginning. From this source, by the eternal fecundity of my intellect, thou didst issue forth before the light of grace, by which we decreed to manifest ourselves to creatures, and from this beginning didst thou come forth, clothed in the light of glory, by which the saints are rejoiced and beatified. And also, in so far as thou art man, thy beginning is with thee, and thou was engendered in the day of thy virtue. For from the instant in which thou hast received human existence, by temporal generation from thy mother, thou didst possess the merit of the works, which is with thee now, and thou didst deserve the glory and honor by which thy virtue is to crown thee on this day and in the days of my eternity. The Lord hath sworn, and he will not repent. Thou art a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. I, who am the Lord God Almighty, able to fulfill all my promises, absolutely decree, as by an immutable oath, that thou be the high priest of the new church, and of the evangelical law, according to the order of Melchizedek of old. For thou shalt be the true priest, who shall offer the bread and wine, prefigured by the oblation of Melchizedek. Genesis chapter 14 verse 18. And I shall not regret this decree, for this oblation shall be pure and acceptable, and a sacrifice of praise in my honor. The Lord at thy right hand hath broken kings in the day of his wrath. This shalt thou do by the works of thy humanity, assisted by the right hand of thy divinity, in the fullness of its strength. By thy humanity, I, who am one God with thee, shall crush the tyranny of the princes of darkness and of this world, as well the apostate angels as also wicked men, who will not acknowledge, serve, and adore thee as their Lord and God. This chastisement I will inflict at a time when neither Lucifer nor his followers shall yet know thee, and it shall be for them the day of my wrath. Afterwards, that day will also come for those men who have not received thee nor follow thy holy law. All of them shall I crush and humiliate in my just indignation. He shall judge among nations, he shall fill with ruins, he shall crush the heads in the land of many. Having then justified my cause with all the children of Adam, 
who have not profited of thy mercy in graciously redeeming them from sin and from eternal death i the lord shall judge according to my equity and justice all the nations and choosing the just from the midst of the sinners and the reprobate i shall fill up the ruined places of the apostate angels who have not preserved for themselves their habitations in the reign of grace at the same time i shall crush upon the earth the multitudes of those men who by their own obstinate and depraved will persist in their pride he shall drink of the torrent in the way therefore he shall lift up his head thy head shall be raised up by the lord god of vengeance himself in order that thou mayest judge the earth and justly deal with the proud as if thou hast drunk of the torrent of his wrath thou shalt dip thy arrows in the blood of thy enemies and with the sword of his chastisement thou shalt confound them in their expectation of happiness thus shall thy head be lifted up and exalted above all thy enemies who are disobedient to the law and faithless to thy doctrines and teachings for this shall be thy just reward for thy having drunk of the torrent of reproaches and affronts even to the death of the cross for their redemption such and much deeper understanding was given to most holy mary concerning this mysterious psalm which the eternal father repeated on this occasion although some of the verses are quoted as of another person yet they all refer to himself and to the incarnate word the mysteries contained therein may be reduced to two principal heads threats against sinners infidels and wicked christians because they do not acknowledge the redeemer of the world or observe his laws and promises of the eternal father to his incarnate son that he will glorify his name and exalt it in spite of and above all his enemies as if in pledge or advance payment of the universal exaltation of christ after his ascension and especially at the final judgment the father decreed that the inhabitants of jerusalem should meet him with great applause and honor at his entrance into jerusalem on the day following this mysterious vision thereupon the father and the holy ghost with the holy angels that wonderingly had assisted at this great sacrament disappeared while christ and his blessed mother remained to spend the rest of that blessed night in divine colloquies on the morning of the next day which corresponds to our palm sunday the lord proceeded with his disciples toward jerusalem being accompanied by many angels who sang hymns of praise at seeing him so enamoured of men and so solicitous for their eternal salvation having walked more or less of two miles and arrived in the village of bethphage he sent two disciples to an influential man of that neighbourhood from him they brought two beasts of burden one of which had not yet been used or ridden by any one the lord progressed on his way to jerusalem while they spread some of their cloaks and other garments both upon the ass and her colt the lord was to make use of both of them according to the prophecies of isaiah isaiah chapter sixty two verse eleven and zacharias zachariah chapter nine verse nine who had foretold these particulars many ages before in order that the priests and scribes should not be able to allege ignorance as an excuse all the four evangelists describe this wonderful triumph of christ and relate what was seen by the bodily eyes of those present as they proceeded on their way the disciples and with them all the people the infants as well as the grown persons hailed christ as the true messiah 
the son of david the savior of the world and as their legitimate king some of them exclaimed peace be in heaven and glory in the highest blessed be he that cometh as the king in the name of the lord others hosanna to the son of david save us son of david blessed be the kingdom which now has arrived the kingdom of our forefather david some others lopped off branches from palms and other trees in sign of triumph and joy and spread their garments upon the ground to prepare a way for the triumphant conqueror christ our lord all these demonstrations of worship and admiration which these men gave to the divine and incarnate word were calculated to manifest the power of his divinity especially at this time when the priests and pharisees were watching him and seeking to put an end to his life in that very city for if they had not been moved interiorly by a divine power above and beyond that of their admiration for the miracles wrought by him it would have been impossible to draw such a gathering many of them were heathens and his declared enemies who nevertheless hailed him as the true messiah saviour and king and subjected themselves to the poor despised and persecuted man who came not in triumphal chariots or in the prancing of steeds and ostentation of riches but without any show of arms or outward human power outwardly all this was wanting as he thus entered seated on a beast contemptible in the sight of human vanity and pretension the only signs of his dignity were in his countenance which showed forth the gravity and serene majesty of his soul while all the rest fell far short and was opposed to what the world is wont to applaud and celebrate hence the outward happenings of this day proclaimed his divine power which directly moved the hearts of men to acknowledge him as their christ and redeemer in order that the promise of the eternal father might be entirely fulfilled he not only moved the hearts of men in the city of jerusalem by his divine light to acknowledge him as redeemer but he caused his triumph to be felt among all creatures especially those who were capable of reasoning for the entry of jesus into jerusalem was announced by the archangel michael to the holy fathers and prophets in limbo and moreover by a special vision they were made to see whatever happened on this occasion from those cavernous abodes they acknowledged confessed and adored christ our lord and master as their true god and as the redeemer of the world they composed new hymns of praise in honor of his admirable triumph over death sin and hell the divine influence was also active in the hearts of many of those yet living in the world for those that had faith or knowledge of christ our lord not only in palestine and its surroundings but in egypt and in other countries were moved to adore the redeemer in spirit and this they did with unwonted joy caused in them by the divine visitation of grace although they did not expressly know the cause or the object of this movement in their hearts but it came to them not without profit for their souls for they were confirmed in their faith and in their well-doing in order that the triumph of our saviour over death might be more glorious the most high ordained that on that day death should have no power over any of the mortals so that although in the natural course many would have died not one of the human race died within those twenty-four hours to this triumph over death was added the triumph over hell which though it was more hidden was even more glorious for as soon as the people began to proclaim and invoke christ as their saviour and king who came in the name of the lord 
the demons felt the power of the right hand of god and all of them in whatever place they lurked throughout the world were hurled into the dark caverns of the infernal abyss during the short space of time in which christ proceeded in his triumphal march not a demon remained upon the earth but all of them were trembling with wrath and terror in the depths of hell hence they began to be filled with a still greater dread lest the messiahs be already in the world and they immediately communicated their suspicions to each other as i shall relate in the next chapter the saviour proceeded on his triumphal way to the gates of jerusalem while the angels who witnessed and followed his march chanted new hymns of praise and glory in wonderful harmony having entered the city amid the jubilee of all its inhabitants jesus dismounted from the foal and directed his divinely beautiful footsteps toward the temple where he roused the admiration of all the multitudes by the wonders which according to the evangelists he wrought on that occasion matthew chapter twenty one verse twelve luke chapter nineteen verse forty five burning with zeal for the house of his father he overthrew the tables of those that bought and sold within the sacred precincts and cast forth those who made it a place of business and a den of thieves yet with the triumphal march the lord suspended all the divine influence which had disposed so well the hearts of the inhabitants of jerusalem although the just had been much benefited and many others had been justified others returned to their vices and imperfections because they did not profit by the light and inspiration sent to them from on high though so many had hailed and acknowledged christ our saviour as king of jerusalem not one tendered him hospitality or received him in his house mark chapter eleven verse eleven the lord remained in the temple teaching and preaching until nightfall wishing by his own example to confirm his teaching in regard to the veneration and worship due to that place he would not permit even a glass of water to be brought to him and without having partaken either of this or any other refreshment he returned that evening to bethany matthew chapter twenty one verses seventeen and eighteen whence he daily made his way to the city until the day of his passion the heavenly mother and mistress most holy mary remained that day in bethany where from her retirement she saw by a supernatural vision all that happened in the wonderful triumph of her son and master she witnessed all the doings of the sovereign spirits of heaven and of the mortals upon earth and what befell the demons in hell and how in all this the eternal father merely fulfilled the promises which he had made to his incarnate son in giving him command and power over all his enemies she saw also all that the saviour did on this occasion and in the temple she heard the heavenly father's voice answering the prayer of christ our redeemer i have glorified and will glorify again by these words he gave men to understand that besides the glory and triumph conceded to the incarnate word on that day and on other occasions as described in this history he would glorify and exalt him after his death for such was the meaning of the words of the eternal father in this sense also it was understood and fully comprehended by the most blessed mother in wonderful exaltation of her spirit instruction which mary the most blessed mother gave me my daughter thou hast partly described and hast understood much more concerning the mysterious triumph of my most holy son on his entrance into jerusalem and its preparations 
but thou wilt understand much more of it when thou shalt come face to face with the lord for as pilgrims mortals cannot penetrate into such secrets nevertheless thou canst learn and understand enough from what thou hast written to perceive how exalted are the judgments of the lord and how far removed from all the thoughts of men isaiah chapter fifty five verse nine the most high looks into the hearts of men and at the interior where is hidden the beauty of the king's daughter psalm forty four verse fourteen while men look only at the exterior and at what is perceived by the senses on this account the just and the chosen ones are highly esteemed by the lord in their humiliation and self-abasement while the proud are cast down and rejected by him in their self-sufficiency this truth my daughter is understood by few and therefore the children of darkness know not how to strive after any other honour or exaltation than that of the world sad to say also the children of the church although well knowing and confessing that this worldly honour is vain and without substance and that it does not have any more stability than the flowers or herbs of the field do not live up to this knowledge as their conscience does not give them witness of faithful cooperation with the light of grace and the practice of virtue they seek after the false and deceitful applause and commendation of men whereas god alone can truly honour and exalt those who merit his regard the world ordinarily and fraudulently misjudges true merit lavishing its honours upon those who least deserve it or upon those who know how to solicit and strive after it most cunningly and inconsiderately fly from this deceit my daughter and let the praise of men make no impression upon thee repel its flatteries and compliments give to each the importance and consideration due to it for the children of the world are very much blinded in their judgments none of the mortals could ever merit the honour and applause of men so much as my most holy son yet he readily yielded it up and judged at its true worth that which the people gave him at his entrance into jerusalem he permitted it merely in order that the divine power might be manifested and in order that his passion might afterwards be so much the more ignominious he wished to teach men that no one should accept honours for their own value but in order that the higher end that is the glory of god and the exaltation of the most high might thereby be advanced that without this object in view they are altogether vain and useless void of profit or advantage of any kind for they can never procure the true happiness of a creature capable of eternal glory since i see thee desirous of knowing why i was not present at this triumph of my most holy son i shall fulfil thy desire and refer thee to what thou hast often related in this history about the clear vision of the interior of my son which was always present to me by this vision i was enabled to perceive when and why he wished me to absent myself from him on such occasions i would throw myself at his feet beseeching him to declare his will and pleasure in regard to what i should do then the lord would sometimes give his orders plainly and in express commands at others he would leave it to my own discretion and choice permitting me to act according to my prudence and divine enlightenment this was the course he pursued at the time when he resolved to enter in triumph the gates of jerusalem he left it altogether to my own judgment whether i should accompany him or remain in bethany thereupon i asked his permission to absent myself from this mysterious event 
begging him to take me with him to his passion and death i thought it more befitting and more pleasing in his eyes to offer myself as participant in the ignominies and sorrows of his passion than to share in the outward honour given to him by men for as i was his mother some of this honour would certainly have devolved upon me if i had shown myself to those who were praising and blessing him i knew that this triumph besides its not being desired by me was ordained by the lord for the manifestation of his infinite power and divinity and therefore in no wise pertaining to me nor would the honour which they would have extended to me augment that which was due to him as the saviour of the human race at the same time in order that i might properly rejoice in this mystery and duly glorify the almighty for these wonders i was made to see by divine enlightenment and a special vision all that thou hast already written concerning this event this behaviour should instruct thee and teach thee to imitate me follow thou my humble footsteps withdraw thy affections from all that is earthly lift thy aspirations on high despising and fleeing all human honours and in divine enlightenment esteeming them as vanity of vanities and affliction of spirit ecclesiastes chapter one verse fourteen end of chapter seven